Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. everyone welcome to the first episode of the search cast thank you everyone for being able to come in and tune into the first episode i'm really excited thank you for everyone for your patience it has been a process to get here to the first uh just being able to kick this off so thank you everyone for you know bearing with me finally glad to get to this first episode and i have ex- actually have a special guest with me on this first episode i am proud to have my good buddy brad moore from the storm cellar joining me today brad how you doing man i'm doing well i i it's an honor to be the first guest uh, on the search cast we have a, a search cast and a storm cellar there's there's a lot of weather related jokes here somewhere i know right you kind of have to think to yourself yeah where is, is there like a third one because like everything comes in threes do we have like a storm something or a surge something so it's it's funny how we got it's basically like the search cast is coming. Everyone, quick to the storm cellar. <laughs> Ooh, bar, like bar all the doors and everything else like that. Save yourselves, basically. So <laughs> it's one of those I like things. It. Hey, you know what? Why not, right? But yeah, so it is Friday. Uh, as we're recording the episode, the skills competition is actually tonight on ESPN at 7.30. Brad, are you going to watch uh, any of the skills tonight? Or are you going to watch I- more so of the uh, All-Star game tomorrow? I- I'm a skills competition guy. The the, the- game itself i i I normally just hit the highlights you know i but yeah the the skills competition that's my jam that's i'll definitely be tuning in for that tonight yeah it's gonna be what about yourself you you have a preference uh i'm more i i like both but i'm yeah definitely more so the skills competition because the fact that the way the the all-star game is now it's kind of like it's kind of fun it's a lot of three on three but i kind of wish they went back to like conference versus conference five on five or like USA against the world. Those are always fun to me because I went to the all-star game in 2011 down in Carolina. And that's when, you know, that's when they, I think that's nice. the first time they did like the actual like fantasy draft. So it was like, it was a combination of different guys on the, t- on the different teams, but I kind of missed the old East versus West, you know, or USA versus world. I thought those were a lot USA of versus the world was fun. Those I, were definitely like, fun for sure. I feel like we got B lot, but maybe <laughs> that's just, my you know that's good that's totally anecdotal uh but yeah. i like those the three on three it'll be high scoring if nothing else i mean that's oh, it, you, you know if, if yeah, you want it's... excitement i guess you're gonna get excitement oh yeah for sure a lot of scoring not so much defense and you kind of feel bad for the goalies because they're kind of like all right do i kind of try or do i not try so it's like i don't know it's kind of like i it's you almost want to take a little bit of what the mlb does and have like a instead of like if you win you are like you get like the home ice advantage. I know you don't really do that because of the seedings, but it's kind of cool if they kind of went back to that where it's like, it feels like East West 
like if you win, you get home ice for, you know, for game one and stuff like that for the cup final. But who knows? For me, I'm more of the skills competition, stuff like that. They got a couple different ones and they got the face off. They got things like with the fountain face off challenge, stuff like that. And they got the 21. I think it's like black, like 21 and 22. You got to play like blackjack or something. So uh, I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that one goes. Uh, is there any particular skill competition you're looking forward to or? Kind of just fastest the skater thing. Fastest I gotta skater. go. I gotta go for fastest skater. Oh, for um, sure. Seeing Kendall uh, uh, Coin Showfield skating mm-hmm. with the big boys last year. Yeah, that was. I, a lot I of think fun. it was last year. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I think they. I think you know if they were really giving a hundred percent. I think that she, you know, she might be as fast as as McDavid. But I, the other person I would like to see against McDavid maybe would be like uh marty neckes oh uh, yeah marty yeah i, I saw a lot I saw, today <laughs> yeah i saw a lot of people say marty nietzsche's I, i'm like how about seth jarvis i would like to see seth go in and see how he would do against that but i think both of them would be kind of fun to watch i think um i think walt ruff um he said andre svechnikov in the uh i think the accuracy contest i would love to see that because his snipes are absolutely insane so that would be, I think that'd be a lot of fun though. If she, uh, I do too, doing the accuracy contest. But hey, Aho's in, you know, Aho's in a good one this year. I'm kind of excited for that. And then they got Freddie Anderson doing the, uh, I think it's like the shootout streak, uh, competition. Yeah, that should yeah. be fun. He is absolutely on fire. He coming down from Toronto, I, I wasn't sure what to think of him, but he yeah. has done nothing, I think, but exceed expectations throughout yeah. the entire year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Actually, that's the first thing we're going to talk about. We're going to just, you know, we're going to recap, you know, the first half of the season. Then we're going to do some fan questions. Thank you to everyone who did send your fan questions. And I, I really appreciate that because I know kind of sent it in earlier today. Got some really good stuff for us to go through, you know, after we talk about the first half of the season. But I mean, Brad, like going into this year, you kind of know, okay, the Hurricanes did, they played well last year in the playoffs. You know, they played hard against the Predators. Mm hmm. Unfortunately, went through Tampa, but other than that, though, I mean, like it was, an, I think it was another solid year for the Hurricanes. And going into this year, you know, nine and zero start, they're like thirty-one nine and two. They lead the Metropolitan Division, and it's like probably one of like the, I would have say one of the greatest starts for the Hurricanes ever. And this like we're going to Roddy's what fourth season or something like that as head coach, yeah. fourth season. Like, like what are your Just thoughts incredible. overall with this? How the how this first half of the season has been for the Hurricanes? You couldn't ask for a much better start to a season. I mean, we're, we're not even to the halfway point, right? We're at 39 games played, so we're still too short of the halfway mark. And even so, I think November was our worst month. Um, with I think, it was, I think it was seven – I think we dropped five, game, five games maybe in November. So, I don't have it in front of me, but – Something I mean, like that. I know, yeah, I know Walt, he broke down like every month's records and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, we had one month where we were kind of like, we dropped more games than we usually did, but it wasn't a whole lot because the fact that you're like this many games in with nine losses and only two yeah. overtime losses, it's like, you really can't complain too much about what month was really bad for the fact you spread it out this far. Right. Like, and and I'm sorry, we're, I think we're at 42 games, not 39. I have my numbers flipped around, but yeah, you're right. right. It's, I mean, you the, the big thing for me for the season has been there's been no consistent losing streaks. They lost, you know, they lose one. They might have lost two in a row, but there's no four or five, six game losing streaks like there has been in years past, which is just an absolute killer for a team who's making a push, and a legitimate push toward a deep Stanley Cup run. And I think that's the biggest thing has been 
when they have a bad game, uh, Columbus would be, you know, that 6-0 drubbing by Columbus. They come out firing on all cylinders. Yeah. I feel kind of bad for the opponents. You know, if, if you're if you're the one playing the Hurricanes after a loss, you better bring your A game because the Hurricanes certainly going to. And that's one of the biggest things that I've seen this year that maybe has been missing in years past. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I think that Columbus game where it was six nothing. I think the New Jersey game was seven four after the Hurricanes were up two nothing. Those were probably the only really two bad losses that you can think of this year. That was kind of like it is what it is. And it's kind of like, all right, you just, you know, you learn and move on. But yeah, you haven't really seen a lot of losing streaks. I don't think they've maybe hit two games, maybe once, if even if that. So it's like they come back and they just play really well because I know Scott Burnside put out an article today about, you know, Rod Brandamore, you know, love the fact that, you know, he's, you know, here, you know, in Raleigh coaching and he's loving it and stuff like that. And they were talking, it was like right after their win against the Sharks. Or no, it was the win after Vancouver after they played the Jackets, and it was just like you could tell like it was a lot of fun for those guys. So the fact that they come, they lose six nothing, then come back and beat Vancouver like they did, that kind of tells you how, as always, this is how Rod Brendamore teaches his team because of the fact that you can come back from a loss like that and play dominant hockey in the next like a couple days later, mm-hmm. it's like they don't really go into sorrows of oh, okay this is you know it was a bad loss you know we're gonna it's it, it doesn't really psych them out there's like all right it is what it is we lost come back the next game and play our style of hockey and that's what the hurricanes do they play a really fast up-tempo game where it's like it's not one or two lines dominating it's just four waves of yeah or, of or like Brindamore say three. you know i don't have four lines i have i we play four lines there's not a yeah. one two three four yeah and it really exactly. does start with the coach you know, he, you know, we talk about it. I know in our podcast, he leads by example and he's the type of guy I think when he says, you know, you, you talk about a, a youngster like Seth Jarvis and he says, you know, kid, I'm, I'm going to put you on the first line. Cause I believe in you, you know, inside like Seth Jarvis's heart, it's like beating fast. Right. He's like, I, I believe this guy, like he believes in me. I'm going to go out there. You know, the old adage of I'm going to run through the wall for him. Yeah. And I think these guys do that because, you, you, I love I love the clips of the locker room speeches, even after losses. Because so great. if so it's great. a loss, it's just like you know, hey, you know, they had a good night. Shake it off. We played pretty well. We just didn't, you know, didn't get the bounces, and we move on. And after win, he's excited, but he's not overconfident. And I think yeah. he, I think he sets the tone. You know, I think everything comes out of him. I think the tone for the franchise for the last uh, three years uh, of making the playoffs, and this will be four. Yeah. Um, is is you know it, it all stems from having the right attitude from the top down and and that's such a big part of hockey i think yeah for sure and the fact that you like go back to the you know the 2006 hurricanes that's what that's what they were they were nothing but speed speed and speed like and that's what really helped the hurricanes that year was the fact that you go from before the lockout where it was a lot of slower play, not as much offense because you had the two line passes still. You had guys grabbing each other. It was a slower type of game. You didn't have the trapezoid in the back. You know, they had the crease rolls and stuff and all that. You come into 06, you know, the 05, 06 season, and it's completely different. Like you're talking no more, no more two line passes. You got the trapezoid. You got all these new rules and stuff. And it was now more quick, fast hockey. And that's what we've seen now. And the fact that the Hurricanes were the first ones to jump on that with, with the team they had, you know, they had Cole, Stahl, 
you know, Williams, yeah. and, you know, Wesley, all that. You like had to can you go through the entire 2016 and the fact that you had, you know, Mark Recchi, Doug White, you know, later on in the season, you get Eric Cole back in the playoffs. They they started setting the tone of fast hockey. And and I've been saying this all along, you know, on your podcast or whoever I talk to on Twitter or you know, in my articles that I write for Belly Up. This reminds you of a 2006 Carolina Hurricanes team where they will beat you with speed. And if you want to get into track with the Hurricanes, you're going to be in trouble because Marty Nietzsche is fast, like we talk about. Seth Jarvis is fast. You know, Andre Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo. And like, we even have fast, fast defensemen too. Like, that's another crazy part is when you got the defense, like we have, you know, with, you know, Jacob Slavin's a pretty fast guy. Tony D'Angelo's pretty fast. Right. Like, it's not like none of these guys are like slow. Ethan right. Bear. But the thing and is, even the guys who are, yeah, even the guys who aren't necessarily the quickest are good positionally, and that's for our oh, defensemen yeah. and the mm-hmm. forwards. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think you're absolutely right. If if you want to have a track meet with the Hurricanes this year, there are a few teams I think that can hang with them for a period or two. Mm-hmm. I think there maybe is only one or two teams that can hang with them for three periods because the conditioning. If you watch a third period of a Hurricanes game, especially if it's a back and forth, you can almost feel the other team getting tired yeah. and the hurricanes still look fresh and i think that's one of the most important things that i've seen is is that third period dominating third period i don't have the stats in front of me but i the last time i looked at them i think our goal differential in the third period alone was like a plus 12 or 13 it was you know quite yeah. high you know yeah. out of a total of i think like plus 45 on the season and you're right it's it really does start with that um getting away from the clutching you know, clutch and grab the old one, two, two trap, um, which was so boring. Yeah. I mean, at least, at least, at least when we lose seven for the devils, I mean, that was the LaFontaine game. So there, yeah, you know, there, there are exigent circumstances, but it, at least it was entertaining. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't yeah. boring. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely interesting for the fact that it was like, and like trying to make excuses, but it's like, yeah, it's same. You're talking about same day travel. You're, you're trying to get up there. It's LaFont- Jack's first game. You know, everyone's pretty much tired, and it was just the, I think the like the end boards were giving off weird balances in the first period. I think it wasn't oh for those God. two. It wasn't for those two weird goals for um, it wasn't Jasper. It was oh, uh, Bastain. If he didn't pick up those pucks, it could be we could be two nothing after the first period. But it's just one of those things where it's like maybe boards came into play. A bunch of Something other stuff happened because yeah, was, the refs was, looked at the boards and then it was and then the issue was gone. Yeah, I remember it, Jordan it, Stahl pulling him over there. So I, yeah, and you then know. you saw him like kicking the wall and stuff trying to fix it. So maybe it was just going for weird bounce. But I mean, other than that, I mean, it's not like the Hurricanes have really had bad games, like we said outside of the Columbus game. But it's like yeah, it's how this team is set up is the fact that you know you got. You know, Tim Gleason's on, you know, as an assistant coach, you've got guys who played with Rod Brendamore on this, on this coaching staff. And for the fact that you, like, you, like I said, you listen, you go read Burnside's article, which if you haven't yet, you need to, because it's amazing. And the fact that the way they, they do their breakdowns when they, after games is the fact that it's not just raw talking and that's it. It's like every all the coaches, you know, talk, they all get their say, and stuff like that so it's like and everyone has their own stuff they want to watch for their own specific like power plays penalty kill stuff like that so it's like it's a it's not like final say is rod brendamore but this is really a group effort in terms of right. your coach team that, effort. yeah it's a team effort of the coaches all working together and i think that's what kind of works with the hurricanes the fact that you're bringing a lot of the old school mid to late 2000s hurricanes into a 2021 22 hurricanes team where 
you look at this roster, there's not a lot of question marks. Not at all. I mean, it, and I'm, I'm going to take a quick step back, but we, we, you're talking about coaches, but I'm going to say that it extends to the players. Oh, yeah, I mean, Andre, players too. Andres Vesegov signs an eight-year deal, and he's out there before and after games putting extra practice in. Who? Oh, yeah. I mean, who, who does that? You know, most guys sign a deal, and then you hope that they have a good season. You hope that they aren't just going to tank it. Yeah, and, exactly. And this kid's out there doing extra work. I mean, it's unbelievable. Oh, his his defense this year is just beyond amazing. Like, and that was what everyone was kind of worried about early on because, like, he was always so offensive minded and kind of played a little bit of defense. This year, he's a two hundred he's a two hundred foot player, and he's throwing the body on people. And now guys are getting under, you know, he's getting under their skin, and they're going after they're going after Svechnikov now. And the fact that unfortunately refs are whistling him for almost everything at this point, it's kind of like all right. Is this just that we're going to pick on Svechikov night? Because there's some nights where you're just it like, this, this, guy, way, this, right? this guy can't do anything. But everything he's doing is totally fine. But Dan, 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 O'Rourke, Dan O'Rourke, I'm tired of seeing <laughs> I'm tired of seeing him officiating our games. <laughs> Svech to me is Eric Cole with an extra 25 pounds of muscle and and a very similar attitude. You know, he, he oh, yeah. you're right. He he gets under their skin. It's not when the penalties against him are legit, and they often are. Yes, a lot of yes. them just retaliatory because you know he's been getting cross checked, he's been getting slashed repeatedly, mm-hmm. and they're not it, calling things. And then he turns around and gets two in the box. Yeah, but to see a player like that develop from what he was a couple of years ago is, oh. I mean, putting on the weight, putting on the muscle, the attitude. But he's not. Um, like I don't, I don't feel he's like dirty in any way. But no. you know, can he finish a hit? He's gonna finish it. If you're gonna hit him, don't miss because he started. You know that reverse check kind of. I'm oh, gonna flip yeah. this around on you, and I mean, that's just beauty to watch. I love watching. That. I think it was what the Vancouver game where like the guy like he was gonna get hit on. It was in the Carolina zone. He was gonna get hit. Pirouettes out of the hit, still passes it to Marty Nietzsche, and then Nietzsche goes and just snipes it on his birthday. And you're like. That was amazing. Everyone and everyone's losing their minds. They're like, oh my gosh, like he just literally just spun off a check. No big deal. Kept going and just dished it. I have that on my phone. <laughs> I have that clip on my that's one of the I'm like, I'm saving that. I, oh like, yeah. If oh, I feel yeah. bad, I just I pull that out, right? Yeah. You, you, you bookmark it on your Twitter and you're you go watch it. It's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And that's what it was. And that's how Svechnikov has been all year. He's really stepped up to his game where it's now. Like you said, he'll he'll throw the hit back on someone, or he will do the extra stuff that's necessary, and that's why you see him scoring goals, making a lot of assists. Like he's playing really well this year, and the, he's basically showing like, okay, you gave me the contract now, I'm going to show you why you gave me that contract, and it's it's great to see in the fact that you've got how young this team is too. The fact that Sebastian Ajo is not, you know, he's really young still. Andre Svechnikov is still young. Seth Jarvis just turned twenty. Which is insane to think about for the fact that oh, how he's good, a baby, how, yeah. And it's like, and he's already good now. Wait until he's like Aho's age or Svechnikov's age for the fact that is like this kid is going to be lethal when, like, even more lethal than he already is. Because I forget what game it was. He goes, I think it was against Ottawa or something like that. Where he goes, 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's like one-on-one. Goes down, power moves on a guy with the next gear and then just tucks it home. Like he, like he's making guys who've been in the league look slow because all he's doing is just hitting that, hitting that extra speed and just beats them on the inside and he just throws the, yeah. drops the shoulder. Like and, this, like I said, this kid was nineteen at the time. Now he's just twenty. Right, and it, it's top to bottom. And you know, we, we, I think we all gravitate toward the big names. But oh, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, uh, Derek Stepan. I'm thinking of uh, Stephen oh, yeah. Lawrence. You know, those third no, and fourth line guys are putting up six goals. I mean, Brady Shea's got six goals, right? Yeah, um, I think it's like I think we are like calling twenty. Like I think it was like early January. It's like twenty twenty two is the year of the Shea because he was just scoring at ridiculous clips. Like, yeah, like three it was a three game streak. I mean, yeah, it was it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, like three games already scored a goal, playing out of his mind. And I was you know joking around on Twitter. It's like, oh, Brady Shea from the Norris because he was just <laughs> laying the fuck up like crazy. And then you know, you know, Jacob Slavin does what Jacob Slavin always does and just is always in the right place at the right time, you know, 20 assists for that man, you know, uh, you know, and eight penalty minutes. I'm I'm, I'm going to give him hey, credit. Good, good for oh you, my Jacob, gosh. For, for getting eight penalty minutes. Uh, and this time it wasn't, uh, you know, the two minutes for puck over the glass. He's actually yeah. really made some, not that he's ever shot away from physicality, but he's really no. put a couple of monster hits on guys. Oh yeah, for oh and, there's and, there's there's guys all over the place throwing hits. I think like Steve Lawrence was there for a game where he was dropping like I think it was him or someone that dropped like three bodies in a span of like maybe five minutes or stuff like that. And they're like almost at a brouhaha because the fact that you know they're <laughs> they keep dropping bodies like that. And, like I said, Derek Stepan, Jordan Martinuk, Jordan Martinuk is dropping bodies. Like it's like everyone's everyone's fiscal, but it's like it's legit. Like Ethan Bear's throwing hits, Tony D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. it's like it's just amazing to see and that's how it is with the fact that i was i found it funny when the athletic did their article i think it was like back in december they're like the hurricanes are good but they don't really have any depth scoring and i'm like are you sure about that because yeah, um, did you watch the games <laughs> it's like do you watch hurricanes games because I mean, uh yeah we it's like it's like not everyone's got like double digits but it's like we're not top heavy like the oilers or the maple leafs or all these teams that have like two like you have a one and a two, and then you have dudes. No, we have guys everywhere in this roster. Everywhere and yeah, everywhere. Uh, on our, on our podcast, Zach, we like to pick. You know, so my my, my co-host uh, has a lot of reasons for for not being a Habs fan. Um, Yaspiri Kotkaniemi has nine <laughs> goals and would be the Habs' leading scorer playing fourth line minutes in Carolina. So anybody yeah, who is, thinks that, that there isn't you? depth in scoring. Just, yeah. I mean, look at the numbers. You, you should watch the games because they're highly entertaining. I, yeah. It, if it, you can't, you can just look at the numbers and go, 
wow, that, that dude's put up 20 points with fourth line minutes and he yeah. could easily have 30. I mean, I mean, so many times, you know, the puck's been right there. He's, he's left the pass for somebody who, who just didn't quite finish or, or, you know, pucks are going off the, um, the, the um, goalpost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can just go down the list. It's I'm oh, looking yeah. at, I mean, Ian Cole, Brendan Smith, Brendan Smith, his first game. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really worried about this. Yeah. He, he's turned into oh, a he, very serviceable, of- decent defenseman. And he's actually put up, I think, four points. I mean, yeah, like I mean, there was a stretch where everyone's worried, like, okay, why when's Ethan Bear gonna get back? And it's like, well, Brendan Smith was playing really good hockey at the time, and Ethan Bear was unfortunately out, and it's just how it worked out. I mean, look at like Tavis Harvinen has been out for a few games now, and you know when he gets back, who do you really take out of the lineup? And then we're gonna talk. We like I said, we got some fan questions. The one was about the line, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's like you get Tava back. Where do you, who do you take out of this lineup? And that's the problem too. It's just like how this team is set up, and Don Waddell's done such a great job with it. It's like, and the fact of how Rod and the coaches have set these guys up, and how you know how the culture in Carolina is. It's the fact that everyone will play for each other, and it's you know they will play for Rod, and that's how this team has been for the last few years. And you can really see it this year because the fact like thirty-one wins already with only like single digit losses in regulation. Like they're, the, I think they're the right now that the only team to have less than 10 losses. I think you're right. I think the other day, I think the last other team went into, I think they got their 10th. Yeah. And it's in and, and the, and the metropolitan is not, it's not an easy division. Yeah. It's kind of, if you look at the Eastern conference right now, the eight seeds are somewhat kind of set. Because I think Detroit is like at 500 or kind of right near there, so they're kind of a little bit farther back than you know Boston and Washington, who do have the wild card spots. But you look at the top half of the Metro; it's not like the Hurricanes are seven, eight points ahead. They're That's only, right. They're only a couple behind the Rangers, and they're only like a couple behind, like like they're ahead of a few teams. So like that's and that's the crazy part is just that what do you? What do you do with that? Because Carolina's at 64. They are five games in hand on the Rangers, who are also at 64. Pittsburgh, 46 games, 62 points. Washington's 59 and with 47 games. So Carolina's got a bunch of games in hand still with their 31-9-2. And the other, other teams are 30-13-4, and 27-11-8. But then you look at like the bottom half of the divisions, 41 to 35 in points. Then the Hurricanes have a plus 49 goal differential. Like their last, yeah, ten, they're their last 10 alone, seven, two, and one with a four game winning streak. You know, early in the season, there, there was, you know, you had the Hurricanes, you had the Panthers, you had a couple teams that were all right there together vying. Yeah. And now we're getting into midseason. We're starting to see that pack separate, right? You're starting to get in the haves and the have nots. We're starting to yeah. get up closer to the trade deadline. You're going to start seeing teams that are going to say, we're going to be sellers. We're starting to get that time of year, which is a lot of fun yeah. when you're a club that could be buying. Yeah. Like you were saying, it's like you're seeing the haves and have nots. And like you said, with like buyers and sellers and with the hurricanes, you're almost running into the problem of, like I said, we'll talk about this a little bit later too, but just a quick hit on this. You're at the problem. You're at the part where it's like, do you really need to make moves? Because, you can maybe say yes, or maybe one or two pieces you could add, but it's kind of like, 
how much do you really want to add to a team that's already like with how where the Hurricanes are at right now? Do you want do you want do you do you do you you want to mess with that? Because like I said, you're 39, 9 and two. Yeah, we have a lot more games coming up, so you're definitely going to work on your depth. But at one point in the season, you had like what four, five, six Chicago Wolves on this team when a bunch of guys were out, and you were still winning then too. You had you know Drury and Noison and all these guys. Like, do you? It's almost like can you, do you want to use your guys from Chicago to help out on depth? Even you get guys nights off because the fact that you know we got we got a lot of back to backs coming up, a lot of four games in like six days type of stuff. But it's like the Hurricanes are kind of like where if you get additions, where do you plug them in at? And who do you get right. rid and, of in a trade? And, I mean, we earlier we were speaking top to bottom of of the team, but we didn't even touch on the guys from Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jack Drury comes in, scores two goals in his first two games, right? Yeah. Uh, Josh Lebo's uh Stefan Nosen. Yeah, uh, Stefan Nosen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jalen Chatfield played, I thought he played great, you know, in his couple of games up. I mean, those guys are contributors to the point of what like, like what like if if you're going to try and bring somebody, I know you said we'll talk about this later, but like like what do you do because you you have so many bases covered already? Yeah. That do you really want to give up anything that might be a key long term? Yeah, because like it's I understand one right now, but it's like and I'm glad I'm not in this position because it's like like Donald Dallas because in fact you got to look at the short term and you look at the long term picture, and even for goalies, you have Jack Lafontaine, Mike Richter award winner, you know you've got Alex Lyons who probably pretty well in this couple of with the Hurricanes already this year when, you know, Anthony Ronto was out and Frederick Anderson was out at some points. So it's like, even a goalie, we're not really short on goalie either. So like, so it's like, who do you really go after? So, like I said, we'll talk a little bit more about this during the fan questions. Yeah, but, great questions though. Yeah. So it's like I said, a lot of great fan questions coming up, but yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting case when you come down to the trade deadline. What do you really do? But we do got some breaking news here, Brad. Ooh, I like breaking news. It's been like announced. <laughs> it's been announced that the Hurricanes are going to host the Stadium Series next year in Raleigh at Car Finley Stadium. So we were supposed to get it last year. Oh yeah, didn't, didn't get it, but we got it this next season, 2023 Stadium Series at Car Finley at NC State's football stadium. I am, I will be there. I'm see it's 600 miles, but I I will be there. I will be in attendance. Oh, oh absolutely. 100%. I'm only three and a half hours away down here in Lexington. I will find a way. I will try to find a way to get time off from work. I will try to find a way to get <laughs> tickets to go to that game. Hopefully try you know run into you guys and tailgate because that is going to be exceptional. So much fun. Oh man, dude. That party's starting at like uh, the you know the game will be tonight. That, yeah, I was saying like that's like gates open at eight a.m. kind of deal, right? Oh there. yeah, for sure. Like it is gonna be insane. Like you're gonna have to get there like super early for parking because I park across the street at the fairgrounds, you know, right across from the stadium, and you know parking is already gonna be insane by that point. So it's just it's so cool for the fact that we're gonna get a stadium series in Raleigh. It, it's yeah. just gonna be so much fun. I am. So, I know. I'm so ready for that. I'm pumped. I know a lot of people were upset when they pushed it off, but I think with everything happening in the world in general, uh, I think in the end it was the right decision for the Canes. You know, they they were the ones who were okay with that. So hopefully by next year we'll be back in the full swing of things where you know everybody can show up. We can all, you know, bring oh, yeah. the grills, bring the food, put up tents, 
Like, oh yeah, it really will be like a twelve-hour event for the Kinex that I know. Oh it's yeah, not gonna, it's sure. not going to be a short day. It's going to be a long day, win or lose, you know, rain or shine. It's going to oh. be the the biggest event in you know in Raleigh since the All Star Game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember what a, a great time that was. Um, you know, even even I don't know that it will rival quite the the two thousand six Cup run. Yeah. But it's certainly going to have that same kind of vibe, you know. It's it's just going to be you know a day, you know, a couple of days, and not a week or so. But it, yeah. I think we're definitely going to get those kind of really electric kind of spark, especially with the way the team is playing. And if the team continues to play this way through this the rest of the season and the next season, I mean, it, it, is the opponent announced? I mean, I guess that's really like what. <laughs> no, uh, as of right now, the opponent hasn't been announced. They, did, I know they're saying it's going to be February, but they don't really know specifically the date or the opponent. But Carolina, according to Mark, uh, Walt Ruff, fantastic follow. If you haven't followed him yet, he's really fantastic. They'll be the 28th team to have an outdoor game, which is that's amazing. Yeah, it's taken a little while, but we finally got there. So started from the bottom. Now we're finally here. But it's so yeah. Right now, as far as we know, it's February, so probably gonna be cold. Luckily, it's not gonna be like negative nine in Minnesota cold. But <laughs> I was gonna say, I think it's, uh, it's I think it's, it's twelve outside my house right now. So whatever the temperature is, in North Carolina, it'll be just fine for me. It'll be shorts in a Jersey weather. <laughs> Down here in South Carolina, it's been about it's been upper sixties the last two days. So <laughs> it's a little chilly for South Carolina. <laughs> No, it's perfect, honestly, with the fact it's been raining the last couple of days, too, because I'm actually going to be in Raleigh Sunday. So when this episode comes out, it'll be Monday. So I'll be I'll be in Raleigh in terms of yesterday, in terms of the timeline. But since we're crying on Friday, I'll actually be up there Sunday. And I think it's going to be like uh, low, upper 40s, low 50s. But still, for North Carolina in, in February, I'm not going to be upset about that. So it'll be a nice precursor for awesome. next year. But no, I, I know I'm a lot really of Kaniacs. I know a lot of Kaniacs. My podcast partners from Calgary. He's planning on coming down. Oh, nice. uh, we have we have friends across from, you know across the seas, England, oh, yeah. Scotland, who oh, yeah. were hoping to make this series. So they were kind of glad that things got postponed, in the hopes that like you know, hey, we can rebook, we can travel because they weren't sure about what the restrictions were going to be. So I think that's a huge win all around for the Hurricanes and NHL and the fans. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, I think it's like the UK Kaniacs or something like that. Those are always those are always great people to talk to and stuff. So definitely excited for them so it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see how that all plays out but no i'm really really excited for the fact that we're actually gonna have a legit full-on like outdoor game and it's gonna be at car finley so it's it's gonna be a good time i'm so That's excited. Gonna be awesome I, I, I went to state but i haven't been to a game at carter finley in like 20 years well 15 years and I know they've renovated it. It's going to be a totally new experience for me. Oh, so it's, I'm, oh, I'm it's, looking forward to the whole. Oh, the it's whole really, oh, it's really nice. Cause I know, cause I know last time I was in Carolina, this was like 2018. Like they actually added a, an underground tunnel under the road that when you go from like the fairgrounds to the football stadium parking lot, there's actually mm-hmm. a tunnel there now. Like there wasn't one when I was there back in 18. So that was kind yeah. of a shock. So I'm like, Oh, nice. I don't have to illegally cross the street to get into the parking lot. Now I can just walk under and go out on the other side and I'm boom right there. So love that. Oh yeah. It's, it's going to be a great time. And the fact, I think I've been to one state game and this was like early two thousands. Like, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's been a bit since I've been at the stadium as well. So I, I'm just excited. It's going to be a good time, but definitely looking forward to that one. Oh, for sure. For sure. 
All right, so we're you know we're getting a little bit later into the podcast. How about we start with the fan questions, Brad? How how are you feeling about some fan questions? You, you I love fan this? questions. I you know that's uh, on our end. Our whole thing is like about talking with and to Kaniacs. Oh, you know same. what does it mean to be a Kaniac? You know what makes you a Kaniac? Why do you support this team versus other teams? So yeah. I am all in on fan questions. Oh yeah, sure. Like I said, I appreciate everyone for saying your questions, the surging questions. Still might work on the name a little bit, but this is the surging questions. Like I said, might have to work on the name a little bit, but I thought, why not? At least for the first episode, let's get some questions in. And we have a lot of good ones, and I'm actually really excited to go over these. So the first question is from Bailey Curtis. She asks, what would you, what would your ideal lines be? Uh, I know there's been a lot of interesting decisions RBA has made this season, and we would like to hear your takes on what that would look like. And oh, this—that's tough. That is uh, that is yeah. For me, I'm like, oh man, how do you? How can do you can I take that? it a different way? Sure. So Bailey, instead of telling you what I think the line should be, uh, maybe more general observations because. Rod is one of those people who he, he gives you a lineup and that may or may not stick through the first five minutes of the game. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the few things I've been uh, a, against all year was first line Martinuk. And even, even Martinuk the other day had that beautiful, oh, uh, that, you know, oh, that beautiful look. And I'm like, okay, so, so even that works. That's yeah. The spinorama, like even that works. Oh yeah. I would like to see, uh, I would like to, trying to think um i would like to see um uh lawrence um and stepan a little more often i'd I'd, I'd rotate that fourth line around a little more yeah just to give keep guys fresh more than anything power play it's not always a great idea to put out four forwards in one d um but i i would i would maybe change up the the power the power play quarterback maybe would be one of the few kind of things i would do you know, give it to somebody. I, I would maybe consider subbing in a forward, yeah, to help run that and just keep things going. But e- even with that, it's it's hard to say because you know Rod's kind of you know going back to the, like we don't have a power play one and power play two. We just have you know two somewhat interchangeable power play units that can that can go. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I mean, if you look at it right now, I mean, the first power play unit technically is, is Trocheck, Aho, Nietzsche, and then you got Svechnikov up top with Tony D'Angelo. And then the second, it's Nita Ryder, Kakadiemi, Jasper, Fo- Jasper Foss, and then you got Seth Jarvis and Jacob Slavin. It's really like, it's nice when you have four forwards and one defenseman, and it's like, it's kind of tough. Like, what do you really do with that? And the fact that, you know, when Tavo comes back, you know is going to be in one of those lines. Is it going to be the first line, the first power play unit or the second power play unit? And then, like, who do you take out of that? So it's yeah. like it's kind of tough. And then you look at the actual like offensive lines, you know, yeah. Nita Ryder. Like I think the last game, Nita Ryder was the third line. Martin was the second, you, know, you got Martin Nietzsche on the fourth line with, you know, cock and Yemi and you got, you know, Faust Jarvis, Lawrence Nietzsche. And that's your one te- quote unquote one through four down your right side. And you have cock and Yemi as your fourth line center. And you have Jordan Stahl, Trocek and Ajo. Like we were talking about earlier, that is a tough lineup to crack, especially when Tavo comes back. It like, really is. Who do, you, who do um, you take out? Like, do you take out Stepan? Do you take out Martinuk? You really can't take out Stevie Lawrence because the way he plays is really good. You can't take out Jasper Faust. 
because he's but yeah, one of the few things that I would like to maybe see, and 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 this is one of those things where I would default to to Brenda Moore, but Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Stahl has had, you know, I see a lot of people complain about his production. You know, the goal differential focus is like almost plus 50. Scoring goals is not the team's problem. That being said, I think KK is better when he has people who are a little quicker, a little more skilled, who think a little more in those terms. Yeah, I would maybe consider trying to switch KK and Stahl for, yeah. you know, for a period or two periods or a game and just see what that looks like. Yeah. Because you can still roll those fourth line guys. You're not really losing anything defensively by rolling out those fourth line guys versus yeah. the third line checking line right now at all. Yeah, I mean that it, might give that might give you a little more extra ump against some of those powerhouse teams in the offense department. That's I mean, yeah, it's it's really difficult because the scoring is coming from so many places. I mean, when you go through the assists on the roster, it's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, even if you look at the fourth line, you saw Marty Nietzsche's on the fourth line with Stefan and Cockney That's not really a bad fourth line because you know, back in the day, oh, if you're on the fourth line, you stink. With the Hurricanes, no, right. it's just that's the, only place, true. <laughs> that's the only place we can probably put you right now. And the fact that you've got guys who can score off the fourth line, that really tells you how stacked this kind of this team is. And that's why for us, it's kind of like, okay, what do you really do with the lines? Because there's really nothing you can do about it. Like I said, when you get Tara Vinen back, who do you really, where do you slide him in at? Who do you take out the lineup? Because we've got a lot of guys that play really well together. And I think that really goes into our next question with, you know, our good friend, Beth. Hey, Beth, thank you for your question. Wonder Beth, she is amazing. Go follow her as well. She's yeah, like, she is. Yeah. She's like, what moves, if any, do you think the Canes make at the deadline? And for me, it is, I really, I, I really don't know. Like you don't really need to go for a goalie because Freddie Anderson is Freddie Anderson. He's really good. Yeah. Antti Ranta, you know, sat for a good while because Frederick Anderson has been on a run, but Antti Ranta hasn't been bad. And you still got lines who's shown that he's more than capable of filling in the position. And you also got Jack LaFontaine, too. So it's not like you really have a bad set of goalies. Defense, you got Ethan Bear, you got Ian Cole, Slavin Pesci, Tony D'Angelo. Like, yeah, for me, it's less about who who would you want to move and maybe who you have to start maybe looking at who, you know, who are other people going to covet, right? Like, to me, I love Ethan Bear. I would hate to see him move, but I could see him having a high value 
Yeah. If you're going to upgrade, like, right. Cause if you're going to upgrade, we got to give up something good to get something potentially better. I, so uh, I can see that maybe being an issue, but I, I don't know that I would want to do that because that gives up longevity. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Cause Ethan bears young, he's really good and it shows it. I mean, you can maybe say Brendan Smith or Ian Cole, maybe is one of the two guys you might move on from. I mean, the thing is too, you might like Tony D'Angelo, He's only on a one-year contract. Do you give him an extension? How much is that going to be if you right. keep him? Or is it one of those things where it's like, do you, yeah, you really don't want to lose him because he's probably your most high-productive defenseman on the team. And I don't really see that make. I don't see the Hurricanes doing that. So the fact that they took a flyer on him and he's been playing really well, you know, and you know, all of his off-ice stuff, you've really heard really nothing from him because he's in a culture where it's like just shut up and play hockey, you know stop you know don't do all the stuff that happened in new york and you've seen that and it's like like i said yeah it's i, I think cole brendan smith I, I maybe saying, cole and smith maybe i feel like those are more interchangeable pieces yeah but so then I, what is the return yeah you know, because if, if those are the guys going out that's not going to that's not going to get you as high value return as a yeah, bear you know or because yeah, i know or tony d'angelo that so yeah, because I like we, like I've heard so many links to the Hurricanes. Oh, the Hurricanes might go after Klingberg. They might go after this guy, this guy, and that guy. And it's like, okay, but who do you give up? Like, is this a short term move or is this a long term move? Because yeah, you're like, oh well, they got more correcty and Doug Wait. I'm like, yeah, but you know, <laughs> they got those guys because they filled know. a niche. I mean, well, there was there was a Eric gap Cole, there. Eric Cole gets hurt. You bring him in. You bring in Doug Waite because the fact that the team then, yeah, as much as I love the 2006 team, there were still guys reading like, oh, we can go trade and bring someone in. With this 21-22 Hurricanes team, I I really don't know who you could really take out of the lineup and plug him in and be like, all right, this guy's head and shoulders. We can get rid of these prospects to bring this guy in, and he's going to be a short-term rental or a long-term thing. But it's like, okay, who do you really put him in for? Yeah, Jordan Stoll hasn't really put up a lot of goals, but even Rod Brennamore said in his pregames with Trip Tracy, yeah, Jordan Stahl wants to score, but you're getting wins, and that's what you need from Jordan Stahl. He wins face-ups, right. he throws the body. You know, he still gets assists. Yeah, he's been on a goal drought, but it's like his game is a whole – right? Yeah, it's and that's the thing with this team is it's like you don't have to have every single guy scoring double digit goals as long as you're playing in the position that co- the coaches want you to and you play your style of game. As long as you're contributing to a win, that's all that really matters. And it's like, yeah, Jordan Martin doesn't score a lot of goals, but you know he's a guy, he's a leader that you need in the locker room, and he still puts up production in terms of assists. Derek Stepan, same thing, a lot of assists, not a lot of goals, but it's like he plays a, a key role. Like I said, when Tavo comes back, he scores a lot of goals. So you look at the offense and the defense, like who, like who would you even say that the Hurricanes get rid of to bring someone in for, even if it's short or long term? Like, right. And, like I was saying and, back to the 2006 team, you could do that. This team, I don't see a glaring hole in a 31 win team in 42 games. Yeah, I I feel like. Who's on the trade block for the Hurricanes this year? You have to approach it the other way. Yeah, it's you tell me who I'm getting, and I'll tell you what I'm willing to, you know, exactly. to give you because that's, that's the that's a, that's a, a good lot of problem positions. to have. That's a yeah, good problem. There's a to lot have. of positions that 
that you probably can't give me a guy who's going to be a significant upgrade, you know, without mortgaging the future. Yeah. And, and I'm all for winning, you know, winning one this year and the next year. And, you know, these, these windows are always short, but I don't see anybody on the team that I look at and go, you know, I'm totally okay. Losing that guy. Yeah. There's nobody, there's nobody feel that way, but at the same time, if it's the right deal and I go, Oh, that guy can help us win a cup this year. Yeah. Then you really got to consider it. So I, I would, I would, it would really, for me, depend on what's the return. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I mean, that every trade is that right. But yeah. For me, I'd rather go for a deal that's going to help us now in the future. I don't want to go and do we go do a, a la, we're going to go way over the cap and have to blow the team up next season because we went right. super all in the way Don Waddell set up this team is the fact of what Tom Dunn done as the owner to throw the money out there to do that. And the fact of what Rod's done, this is a type of team where it's like, you don't want to go and throw the kitchen, go throw the kitchen sink and go get everyone and make a super team. And then the, okay, now you're going to blow this whole team up. And now you're back into maybe missing the playoffs the next year, or you're taking two, three years to get back to another cup because you went all in on one season. I think with the way this team is set up, you could go and maybe get a guy, but you're not destroying the future of the team, getting rid of all these prospects, getting rid of all these guys for a one-year run. This team, for me, it's kind of built to where you could sustain a Pittsburgh Penguins three, four, five, six-year run, Detroit Red Wings. You know, mm-hmm. you know the Red Wings I'm talking mm-hmm. about with the Nick Lindstrom, Steve Eiserman, you know, Mark Dodsuk, like Better that, off. yeah, that Is type it? of that type of run. I think that's what this Hurricanes team is, and I'd rather them have teams come to them and give them the right price and be like, okay, we see your price, but this is what we actually want. Do you want to match it? It's kind of like you can be picky and choosy what you want to do, and I'd rather go for a long-term run rather than blowing this team up after one season. And I think that's how how this team is set up because our prospect pool is deep. It is a deep prospect pool. I don't exactly. want I don't want to see that blown up because if you keep all these guys and they keep getting better in Chicago, then you're really into running into the problem of you might have a surplus of really good players mm-hmm. that let's say Martin Nook moves on, let's say Stepan moves on, let's say Ian Cole moves on. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. But you bring right. all these other guys up to fill those spots, and you still have the normal core of Svechnikov, Aho, Nietzsche, Teravinen, Slavin, Pesci, Brayshea. Like, and so it's, it's, to this throw a name out scary. there, this seems to be scary for another Vincent, like decade. Vincent Trocheck is is one of my personal favorites. I've loved him uh, since he came to the team. That that Florida trade, I think that was a steal. Well, he is but, a, he is a he is a stable Prius. <laughs> With he's a, yeah he's he's the world's fastest Prius he, he is rock solid hey hey but, he he does T bone Lambos so you might have to watch it out <laughs> keep your Lambos safe having having an abundance of very talented centers 
with a potentially a big contract coming up next year, if I if if I had to give you a name of of the one guy who I think will most likely to be moved, it would be Trocheck. Not because I think that that's necessarily the right move or, or that I want it to be by any means, but I think between you know we already have Jack Drew, you have other guys who can come up and fill in that center position. Does Trocheck become the odd man out? But then it becomes even if he's the odd man out, if he's the difference of winning a cup this year or not. You keep him, you let him walk, right? So yeah. what's the upgrade from Vincent Trocek? If but he, he would be the, the one guy that I feel most likely is you yeah. know well, could the, be moved. Uh, but I'm not even sure about that. Yeah, well, even even KK, KK is not really a, a bona fide, he is a legit center. He's a guy who can play both sides, and the fact that they've seen he can play center a little bit better and more on the wing. And that's the crazy part because technically he's more of a winger, but they've played him a lot in center because he's been doing really well there. And that's why you have the eye man out in Trocheck. His Trocheck is a, is a bona fide 2C, but with all the guys we have, it's kind of hard to do that. And right. I, I see where you're coming from. And, and like I said, it's tough for me to see who is a, we need to move this guy to get better. For me, it's like, who do we bring in? Right. I, I, I would, I'd have to know. Yeah. I, I would have to know the incoming player, but that's an awesome question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, there, there's no, without knowing what the upgrade would be. Mm-hmm. It's it's, I mean, cause in years past, I would say there are times when I've definitely looked at the canes and been like, I know who I want to move. And yeah. I can't do that this year. There's, there's nobody I want yeah. to move. Yeah. Exactly. Necessarily. Yeah. And like but I said, who yeah. am I willing to move? almost anybody depending on the return yeah you know you know that that you know those top guys you know the aho sveshnikov in my mind teravainen those guys to me are untouchable i would almost throw nino in that mix you know slavin like there's like four or five guys like i would not want to move on from yeah but everybody else ultimately comes down to winning a cup right yeah so everybody else is fair game but I don't know who, you know, in the teams that I think about who are going to be sellers, Montreal's, Buffalo's, Arizona's, who do they have that I want over what we have? And I I don't have any names. I mean, you could say Trushin from Arizona is a good defenseman, but who you really give up to, and that's a a tough sell. Like, who who do you get rid of to bring him in? Yeah, he can replace him for Ian Cole, but Ian Cole is good. It's like you really can't take Bear out of the lineup because Bear is good. Mm-hmm. What do you do with Brendan Smith? It's, I don't know. It's it's a tough. But thank you for the question. But yeah, that's tough. Like, I might go into for her question and more of like it's more of the if any because, like I said, like we were talking with the 2006 team or the 2009 team that made runs or the 2002 team. It's not more so of oh we can easily go get someone and upgrade this team and we're gonna be automatically you know five six games better right right now it's kind of like yeah because that team didn't have depth that's what people may forget when they mention mm-hmm. you know wrecking weight we needed yeah. those players especially when eric got hurt and yeah, this exactly. year yeah. the, the kids in i call them kids because i'm an old man but the kids in <laughs> chicago ha- have stepped in and played nhl caliber hockey almost every single game yeah and so it's tough. It's like who? That's not who we're. It's it's tough. Like who do you actually go for? Because the depth on the Hurricanes and where they have the guys in Chicago. It's good. <laughs> let's never get Chicago's first in the AHL right now. They have the best points percentage. They have the mm-hmm. like Chicago's a really good team. 
they had a 13 game win streak. I think it was. It was. I mean, it's just they were just it, it, dominant it, it, for a it, long it, time. It was. It was a stupid run. So that's what I'm saying. It's tough. Like you really like you really don't want to give up prospects because bring those guys up. There's your Mac plug and plays just from inside the organization that you have mm-hmm. control of. So that's going to be, it's going to be very tough for sure. All right. So again, another uh, question from crystal, what playoff matchup would you pick for the Canes from the current teams they could face? Um, doesn't look likely to change R- yeah. pretty much. Yeah. I don't really see a whole lot of change in terms of how the, you know, the standings are right now for the, for how it is. Cause with the metropolitan, it's kind of like you're seeing it's Carolina, the Rangers, Pittsburgh and Washington. And then Columbus is like 18 points back and they have a negative goal differential of 23 and Washington is plus 22. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see, I don't see anyone from the bottom half of that Metro coming back because 18 points, you have to go on a ridiculous run and do something. And I don't see Columbus really doing that. And even Detroit's got 46 points. Boston's at 55. Like I don't, yeah, the Boston and Washington are both old teams, air quotes, old teams, but it's still Washington and Boston. It's not like yeah, they're going to fall they're off. Still, yeah. They're, they're legit they're gonna, teams, but yeah, they're not going to drop 13 to 14 points. So, you know, it's not going to yeah. happen. I it's right now. I don't really see either one of those te- two teams dropping. And I know for we, we were looking before we started recording like how the playoff format is. And we're back to the, you know, the, the two threes of each division play each other and the number ones play, you know, I think the one central, I think the one Metro plays the I think looks like the seven seed. Yeah. Seven seed, which right now would be Washington. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with either. <laughs> I'm okay with either Washington or Boston because huh, look what happened when we played Boston. So I mean, <laughs> you know, Zach, I, your, your listeners won't know. I live in Boston, even though I'm a Hurricanes fan. I, I went to NC State. I grew up in Raleigh. I'm in Boston now. I would love more than almost anything other than winning a cup to sweep Boston in a series. That would make uh, me feel so good. I'm, I'm oh, not going to lie. I, oh, I know well, that's my schadenfreude there speaking, but it, yeah. if if we could just take it to Boston just so my neighbors can, can drive by my house and see my Hurricanes flags flying <laughs> and see me you know, out with my kid and my Hurricanes jerseys or my oh, yeah. jerseys, oh, yeah. I would love to take Boston the first round. Oh, that'd be fantastic. And the, my, my folks are also in Boston as well, so my dad would love to go see a play – Tickets might be super expensive, but at least be able to see Carolina and Boston for a playoff game. That'd be fantastic. I would say, I mean, the Atlantic, I think pretty much the Atlantic is kind of set. I mean, Boston could maybe catch Toronto, but that's still six points, but Toronto's got a game in hand. I really think you're the, the eight teams in the East are pretty much locked. I think it's going to come down to Washington and Boston kind of, fighting for a wild card spot or maybe if Pittsburgh starts to slow down a little bit, Washington mm-hmm. maybe could jump into the three spot. But I'd say right now I I I take either one of those teams in either Washington or Boston. Pittsburgh, yeah, maybe, but for me, I take Boston. I think that'd be a yeah, great I, series cuz I, I could just stick it to all my friends who are Boston Bruins fans <laughs> and just give it to them the entire series. So I, 
looking at the matchups this year, um, in my mind, you have the Hurricanes and you have the Panthers, and then you have everybody else. I know that there's not that big a gap there, but it feels yeah. that way in my mind. Yeah, well, yeah, Tampa because so, yeah, Tampa's at 66 points, Rangers yeah, at 64, Pittsburgh 62, Toronto 61, Boston's 59 or 55, and Washington's 59. Yeah, and your I'm, not, teams. <laughs> I'm not looking at it from a who can we beat, you know, like uh, yeah. I'm not trying to play it out like what would be best for us to win because I, I don't think, especially that first round and maybe second opponent, I don't think that's, I don't think it's going to matter if I'm no. being perfectly frank. No. So then it becomes what matchup do I want to see? And for me, it's it's Boston. But if it's Washington, oh, I would love to see, you know, especially, you know, maybe Svechikov, you know, put one you know right by ovi that'd be great yeah or even pittsburgh that'd be great i played in pittsburgh in the first round that'd be kind of fun too i want to i want to say no to that i mean it's mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a overall it's just it, no matter what the, the the playoffs when it comes to the, when it comes to the, to the metropolitan is gonna be so much fun to watch because it's the fact that whoever you play in the first round and whoever you in the, even in the second round you get the winner of the two and three so it's the rangers or pittsburgh or, or it's just whoever one of those other three teams you're playing them in the second round so that, right. either way that's gonna be fun regardless so Crystal, thank you for your question. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm kind of leaning towards a Boston, Boston matchup round one. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, all right. Question from Home Ice Advantage, another Hurricanes podcast. Thank you guys for your question. They ask thoughts on the tougher schedule in the second half. Uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, but um, we were talking about a lot of depth, and this team is going to rely on depth because oof does. For 42 games in, a lot of other teams have played 46 or 47 is going to be a haul of a second half because the fact that I think I think we went into January. I think I think Walt said at one point I referenced him a lot, but he's really good at what he does. I think it was like 40 was it 46 games? It was like in like 90 something I think like 98 days or something like that or 92 days, like 46 games. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be um insane stretch of games like we got a bunch of back-to-backs got a bunch of like four games in like in a week type deal like it's gonna be it's gonna be a war of attrition like who's gonna have the who's gonna (laughs) gonna have the legs who's gonna have the the stamina to go through a run like that and basically buckle up your buckle your seat belts and grab (laughs) grab whatever you can because it is gonna be insane for it's it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a sprint to the finish, right? I mean, uh, like you said, a war of attrition, I think. I mean, hockey's always that way, right? The the reality is you just want to get to the playoffs healthy and then see what you can do. Yeah. And I think the Hurricanes, as much as we'd love to see them win maybe a President's Trophy or, or you know, finish atop the Metro, uh, yeah, I, I would much rather come in second or third and, and, and make sure everybody's healed up because there's still a lot of games to be played. And with the makeup schedule coming out, there's a lot of games in February on the slate now. Oh, man. You know, it, it's going to be it's gonna be brutal, I think, for not just the Hurricanes, but for everybody. 
Yeah, because the first game back is a Monday night game in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. That's a makeup game. Next night, you're in Ottawa. I think at one point, I think there was like a Saturday, I think it was like a Sunday, Monday, where you have like a 1 p.m. and a 3 p.m. game. You have back-to-back day games. I think it's I think it's Pittsburgh and Philadelphia back-to-back. And they're both day, like they're early afternoon games. Right. Weird like, start times. Weird, yeah. <laughs> weird start. For a, a, a Monday at 3 p.m. game, that's going to be okay but yeah it's just it's gonna be how are you how are you guys ready to go how is your preparation gonna be for those games and you know how is your strength and conditioning how is your mental preparedness because you're gonna need it for the second half like you thought february was gonna be easy now it's gonna be slam packed full of games and you got march in april too Ooh, <laughs> yeah a i'm just like I'm a, I, like my lungs hurt just looking at the schedule i couldn't imagine <laughs> how these guys are gonna be feeling but and that's where conditioning is going to be so important i mean the, the injury bug you can never you yeah. can never quite know about but well but, well when your coach is rod brandon and look like he can jump over the boards and score a couple goals and you know throw a couple you know throw a couple hands i <laughs> i think pretty much in terms of you know strength and conditioning and all that i think we're in good hands with rod brandon for sure Mm-hmm. but yeah um so another question from a buddy of mine thomas costello what are your thoughts on using the whaler's name outside of hartford i mean <laughs> i'm like i think a lot of people are okay with it for the fact that you know we do have a whaler's night they are still part of the team's history because they came down like we still have the the naming rights the colors the history it's part of the hurricanes and it's not like the hurricanes just went and just threw it all out like no yeah i it's a fair question for me though i so short short story hopefully not made too long you know peter carmanos is is still might be public enemy number one in connecticut to this day and when he brought the hurricanes you know when he when he moved the team they were the whalers they became the hurricanes he effectively was like the whalers don't exist forget about it's done we're not going to talk about them for records. We're not going to retire jerseys. Um, yeah. To this day, I still say that number 11 should be, re- you know, retired in the rafters for Kevin Deneen. I mean, he oh, was for like sure. Mr. Whaler. And, uh, and we've him, had, and and we've had great ones. players do it since then. But, you know, Carmanos was like, that yeah, Whalers, nope, that's not a yeah. thing. Yeah, that, and, yeah. And and I think that was wrong. I, I You know, I, yeah, that I, I agree, I'm yeah. glad that they're embracing it. Is some of it a money grab? Yeah, probably. Well, not even probably. Some of it's a money grab. But I, I think <laughs> yeah. the fact that the, there are so many Whalers fans that are now Hurricanes fans, mm-hmm. you know, I think those people are okay with it. And if those people are okay with it, then, I don't, you know, I don't see it as a problem. Um, yeah. You know, my podcast partner started as a Whalers fan, right? Yeah. And became a Hurricanes fan because he's like, look, it's the same players are in a new town. They have a new uniform. Yeah. Still the same guys that I, I love watching play hockey. So I think it's fine. I, I would like to see them do more and embrace more. I would really like to see maybe there's a couple of numbers that I think should really go on the rafters from the Whalers era. Yeah. Um, I would like to see them honor that. Um, but I also get that, you know, that people are resistant. They're like, no, no, they're the hurricanes now. It's like, they, they are, but like, you know, there is a history there. Respect, it's okay I, to respect that, roots. that it happened. Yeah. It's, you yeah. know, it, it, I don't Remember think it where has you to came be from. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think you do 11 for Justin Williams for the, with the hurricanes Jersey, like they do for Rod and all them. But then do a Kevin, Den- like you said, a Deneen Whalers edition. Yeah, do I that. think you could do that. I, yeah, I you, think that would be fine. I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd love to see. You could have both of them up there in the rafters. I think oh, that'd be perfectly sure. acceptable. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like 
<laughs> I know a lot of people in Boston call it a money grab, and they really don't like when you see when they see like Hurricanes fans in Whalers gear. It is what it is, but it's like mm-hmm. it's for me. It's like yeah, you could say it's a money grab, but for me, it's history because I'm a I'm a history nerd. I'm a sports nerd. Mm-hmm. I'm all for using the Whalers. Yeah, in a, in and I and the, I mean it's like they embrace it. They bring Pucky down. They have the brass bonanza. So it's not like it's just oh we're just selling gear. No, like they go all out for it. Like it's yeah, eighties uh, tunes, headbands. Oh, the Derek Stepon, Derek Stepon with the with just that was fantastic. Ethan Bear with his flow with the headband. It's like it's like choose your aerobics instructor. Basically, <laughs> it's like instead of choosing your yeah. fighter, choose your instructor because that's what it is. And yeah. I'm yeah. all, I'm I, all I think... for using the way as long as you're using it in the right way and you're embracing it and making it fun do it yeah i mean why I, not i think maybe maybe consider retiring some old whalers numbers up there yes yeah, yeah i think maybe you know as as you're printing out material and putting out pr releases and include those whalers in team history and then people can't say it's a money grab right because yeah, exactly. then you really are you're, you're not just including the fun parts the parts that we you know that do sell merch and that people enjoy but you know really really make it honest and say you know in in the franchise's history this is where you're at um, because you know, guys like Ron Francis, you know, he he doesn't get to what second time all time in assists without those Whalers years, right? So yeah, um, for sure. I, I would like to see the the Whalers portion expanded to include not just the fun Whalers night, you know, kind of gimmicky things, but re- really expanded. Like we're gonna honor the entire thing. We're gonna, you know, maybe put Dino up there. Um Gordy Howe, you know, I don't I don't know that you you put number nine up there. But maybe you do. I mean, I mean, there's an argument to be made. I mean, you know, the man was a legend. So yeah. But I, 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 think I would like to see it expanded. Yeah. yeah, I think I think there's certain number. Like Denis is definitely a, one you definitely retire. You can make cases for other numbers too. But yeah, I mean, as long I think if they, like you said, if they embrace more, retire more numbers, I'm all for that. Um, we got one more question. It kind of goes back to last year, but you know, Jamie is a friend of mine. Um, he is a Panthers fan, so. Take that for what it is. <laughs> no offense, Jamie, but uh, <laughs> uh, talk about the possibly talk about the central division last year and the rivalry between Florida and Carolina. It was fun. It was interesting. I'm kind of glad we don't really have to play you as much. Uh, it, it was fun. I mean, they were interesting games. I definitely think this year you get more of a rivalry between the two because the fact of how close they are, because you said earlier, there's one or two teams in keep with Carolina unfortunately it's the panthers because every time i play them it's just it's yeah last year was fun i mean one point separated the two of them um i think the back and forth was great i i definitely thought we were looking at maybe you know those two teams um you know shaping up to say you know who which one of these two is going to the stanley cup finals yeah and it didn't didn't shake out that way but i mean those were great games to watch i last i wouldn't want last year to be the, the 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 new norm yeah, because no. you know but at the same time it was it was nice because you know it, you kind of see those rivalries start to reform or or new rivalries to begin I, um, last year is the first year i really started going man those blue jackets i'm really getting sick of seeing those guys because yeah, they for, always played as hard even though they finished last in the division you know yeah. they, they had a minus 50 goal differential but when they played carolina detroit too right yeah they played a good game so i it, it almost reminded you of the old southeast division because i always you know, every so often go back and watch the 2002 intro where it's like you know it's uh the terminator 
you know, you know oh, they, yeah. they, they had a, they had a robotic the robot. army. Yeah, which was fantastic. And, the, the, you know, you see all the Southeast Division teams. And it kind of reminds me of that when we had both Florida teams. And I kind of miss – I miss the Southeast Division. I think if they were able to go back and find a way to bring back the Southeast Division, you have Washington, you know, you have Carolina, you got both Florida teams, and maybe throwing like Nash- Nashville sitting right there, yeah. Nashville, or you somehow bring back Atlanta if you move the Coyotes, which <laughs> the Coyotes is a whole different. Just, we would need yeah. another like three hours to talk about. You could about probably that. throw Dallas in there. I mean, just yeah, another, you know, another, would, another southern. I would, I would definitely say if you're doing a five team division in the Southeast, you've got to bring in Nashville because that would be a fantastic. Yeah. Put Detroit back in the Western Conference. They never should have even left. They should have stayed over there in the West. Mm-hmm. But I think you bring in Nashville into the Southeast Division with Washington, Carolina, and both and both Florida teams. That would be a fantastic division to watch constantly because that would be just high flying, high scoring all the time, and that would be a lot of rivalry games and a lot of teams would hate each other in that division for oh, yeah. sure. In fact, the I, proximity probably the best proximity for all those teams outside of the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would love to see another Southeast Division. I think, I miss especially I with miss the quality it. of hockey that the in the state that it is, it'd be a much different, uh, yeah, you know, a back, much different go around this time. Yeah, back then, not not so much, but now I think there's a few people I talk to about it, and like the Southeast Division now would be just absolutely electric compared to like the early 2000s or, or early to mid 2000s. You're kind of like not really now. Mm-hmm. Yes, give me give mm-hmm. me all of that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it'll be fantastic it, to watch. It, I mean, in my mind, there's a high likelihood a team from the Southeast is going to win the cup this year. And that could be Florida, Carolina, or Tampa Bay. Oh, I don't want Tampa to three Pete. <laughs> I, I no, really don't want to does. Uh, yeah, t- that's a whole nother discussion for Tampa Bay. But thank you to everyone for sending your questions. That was a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of good questions. I got a lot more talk, and it's definitely going to get used to having to figure out how to cycle those in because it's a lot of great discussions and honestly brad this has been a lot of fun man this absolutely thank you for i mean the first guest no i feel honored sir (laughs) well i'm honored that that you accepted and wanted to come on because it's it's been a slow process just trying to you know you know the kind of the logo still getting kind of creative but it's getting closer to being done by monday you know just trying to get everything set up got you know, got a couple more things that are coming in the woodwork that I'm still trying to work on. So it's, it's been a process, but right now coming in, in the middle of the all-star break was kind of a blessing in disguise. Instead of starting this podcast in the middle of a really ridiculous run of games, it's kind of like we can recap the first half, which we did kind of look at the second half when we were talking about the schedule, you know, possible playoffs, possible trade deadlines. I mean, I know when we get closer to the trade deadline, there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on between you know my podcast, your podcast, all the other Hurricanes podcasts. There'll be have. a lot of information covered. <laughs> oh, for sure. And it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I think this is kind of like a perfect time to, to start this was right in the middle of the all-star break. Not a lot of crazy stuff going on. I mean, you got skills competition in half an hour because we're recording on Friday night. We got the all-star game tomorrow, you got Sunday off, and then you go right into your second half where you got Toronto and Ottawa back to back. It like I said perfect timing for the start this right now. So I, like I said earlier in the, in my small rambling of, I think, I think I repeat myself like three or four times at the start, but I do appreciate everyone on their patience. I know a lot of people have been really excited for it. 
you know, interacting with everyone on Twitter and being like, I'm so excited for your first episode. You know, when's it going to drop and all that. So I've been like, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm sorry. It's taken a while. It's just a lot of stuff going on, <laughs> but I do appreciate everyone, you know, bearing with me and understanding that like it's, it takes a lot. Like you think podcasting is easy. It's, it's kind of a process trying to get, get something like that off the ground. But like I said, I do appreciate everyone for, you know, bearing with me on that. And Brad, like I said, thank you. It'll be so, worth the wait, so. everybody. Oh, I'm yeah. sure of it. Yeah. But Brad, thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on to be my first guest. This was a lot of fun. I'm definitely, definitely going to bring you back on. Definitely got to get, you know, your podcast partner on us at some point too. And if I have a lot of other hurricanes, I'm going to talk to as well. Definitely going to bring on a lot of the Chicago wolves people too, and have them. We're going to do a lot of prospects. Oh, that's a good idea. That's going to be a lot of fun. I already got, I think two or three people are like, Hey, you need a Chicago person. Let me know. I'll be on. I'm like, perfect because i need to know about our prospects so absolutely it's gonna be a lot there's so much to keep up with it's it's oh so it's amazing right yeah hey gonna have a a nice lot of content in the middle of the off season we're like hey who who are we gonna bring in next year how are the prospects looking and stuff like that draft and all that no shortage of good content so like i said thank you everyone so much brad thank you so much before i let you go brad where can people find you in your podcast on the webs. So the easiest thing is probably on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97 or on Twitter at stormseller97. So if you find us either one of those two places, um, we're on all the major networks. Uh, the podcast is just listed as the stormseller. So Spotify, Apple, Google, Audacity, uh, not Audacity, uh, Audible, excuse me. Um, but any <laughs> of those, if, if, you look in, if you look for stormseller, it'll pop up. Um, and we're on, I think we're on our maybe 15th episode. So we started last year, uh, right before the playoffs started. And uh, uh, Ray was an old Whalers fan from the 80s. Uh, you know, I was a big fan of the team from the moment they moved to 97. So we, you know, our thing is really, we like talking to Kaniacs and just talking to the people. And like, you know, it's a small market team, but we've talked to people from uh, Scotland, from Finland, from Holland, uh, from California, who none of them have a connection to Raleigh or necessarily North Carolina, the team, but they're all Kaniacs. And I, that's really special to us. So. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed being on your guys' podcast or that episode when you guys had me on, that was a lot of fun. Just swapping a lot of old stories from like having like getting snowed out in 2001 and going to a, a noon game because one, there was nothing else to do because we got 18 inches of snow in one, one of the day. only things open and warm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And then, you know seeing the Stanley cup in 06 and now more memories next february got the stadium series so that's, that's gonna be a gonna lot be of fun huge. i'll start planning now start getting the food ready get the get the tents ready because it's gonna be tailgating is good like they're talking about you think like the festivities are gonna be fun just wait until you see the tailgating because you saw what happened in 06 we're gonna just prove it again why raleigh does it right in terms of having fun down here in the south when it comes to hockey because tailgating and the hurricanes 12 hour party baby it, it it's it's a chef's kiss it's just so perfect <laughs> but brad like i said thank you so much for coming on and joining me today this was a lot of fun first episode many more to come but like i said guys that'll wrap up this episode and until next time i'll see you here at the search cast <laughs>
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.